Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. Uh, today, I am talking about good and plenty. Now, I don't know about you, but when this, this talk title came to mind, the second thing that came to mind was the, the candy that you, went, that you got at the movies. You know, the little, little, little things that look like maggots. No, just, they were ill bitty and they were white and they were pink. and they were, That wasn't a real good view, visual, that wasn't. No. Uh, but anyway, they were good candy. And you only could get them at the, den- at the, at the theater when I was growing up. I, mean, I couldn't like go down to Walgreens and find them. So it was always a special time when I went to the theater that I got to have some good and plenty. Um, so from there, my mind started to drift into a bigger perception of good and plenty, a bigger concept of good and plenty. Charles Fillmore wrote in his book, Prosperity, <clears throat> They say it is God's will for us to have some hard times and some good times, feast and famines. This is not logically true when you consider God as principle. If you think of God as man who arbitrarily gives or withholds by the exercise of his personal will, you might reach such a conclusion. But God is changeless. And if he gives one moment, he will continue to give eternally. It is the nature, it is its nature to give. And his nature is eternally the same. When you talk of hard times, famines, lack, you are talking of something that has no place in the mind of God. You are not acknowledging God in your ways, but are acknowledging error and affirming that the world has its source in outer things. You must turn around and get into the consciousness that in mind, in spirit, there is abundance. So basically, in short, he is saying, God only knows how to say yes. Now, if some of you may remember, um, you know, last week or a couple weeks ago, Reverend Russ spoke to us about God or spirits as being a substance which is everywhere present, all at the same time. And this substance is the means by which all life is supported and by which all life is supplied. This life force, this energy, is the source 
for the existence of all things. And its supportive, giving nature never changes. We cannot see or touch or taste this substance. However, we can witness the results of it. Its beauty is all around us. That's what I love about coming up here. It's like God lives up here, you know. It's just gorgeous. Its beauty is all around us. So what we get to do is bear witness to that which emanates from that substance of spirit. I spoke a few weeks ago about how we are the image and likeness of God because we are a reflection of this never-changing, ever-present, beautiful substance and spirit. And we know we are this because, you know, God only created a one of us. I challenge you to go out and find yourself walking somewhere else. I, I challenge some of my class, class uh, some of my students in my classes to look around and see if they see themselves anywhere else in this room. No, because God only created one of you. Spirit is ever at the ready to provide for us by means of our faith in it and our conscious use of it. Therefore, we cannot live in lack. We live in plenty. Once upon a time, there was this banquet hall that was filled with people. Everyone arrived at this banquet dressed in their most beautiful cocktail attire. The tables were all dressed beautifully with china and crystal and silver flatware. The room was decorated beautifully. Everyone who arrived found their place markers and their seat at the table. There was a huge banquet table at the end of the room that was filled with all sorts of delectable dishes, all sorts of wonderful, wonderful food. After a while, the people who were seated in the room were starting to look around, looking around to see, well, well where are the servers? When are they gonna start bringing me my food? No one seemed to show up. So one very hungry person got up and decided to go get a plate at the banquet table and fill it up and serve himself. In his book, Spiritual Economics, Eric Butterworth wrote, our prosperity will always be a reflection of our consciousness to the degree 
to which our thoughts are centered in divine flow. Spirit presents us every day with a good and plentiful banquet table. However, it is up to us to get up and partake of its offering. One of the ways <clears throat> we experience more of our prosperity is to be gainfully employed. Now, we know that our prosperity can come to us in absolutely every way possible, and then some. One of the ways that we look for our prosperity is by means of our gainful employment. Engaged in meaningful work not only provides a stream of money coming into our lives to help us maintain our material things and to pay our debts, it provides us an opportunity to grow in our individualized divine creativity and expression. Our attitude about work in general and our job in particular are not right. When, <clears throat> and our job are not right, then truly we are working against ourselves and placing limits on ourselves. So when our job and our consciousness about that job do not jive, we're working against ourselves for our, and limit our good. There's no way that we can change our lives from indigence to affluence until we change some of the thoughts and feelings that we have around our work. Khalil Gibran wrote, if you cannot work with love, but only with distaste, then you should quit your job and go sit at the temple and beg alms from those who work with joy. Butterworth says that we grow through giving. No matter the circumstances, if we do <clears throat> less, excuse me, <clears throat> than our very best in whatever, that we're, whatever we're doing, we're creating a negative atmosphere. And we develop this, this underlying sense of dissatisfaction. Then we start wondering, what are we doing wrong? And why can't I demonstrate more joy and prosperity? In my years as a human resource consultant, I met many employees who stayed in a job with an attitude of, oh, you know, I can do this job in my sleep. And my question to them was, how do you feel getting up every morning, going to a job that you can do in your sleep? Why did you get out of bed? I've worked with people who say, I'm only doing it for the money. They come to work each day and do just enough to get by 
and they wonder why their salary increase is minimal, if any. They wonder why people get promoted over them. I've worked with people who are so busy talking about what they're going to do when they get to the top. They spend a lot of their time running around questioning those people at the top about how they got there. Instead of creatively doing the job they've been hired to do right here and now. I had so many first-level employees when I was in working in show business. I was a human resource consultant in show business. And everybody that walked through that door, and trust me, there was a line around a building of people who wanted a job. They want to get in, and they want to be the next producer. They want to be the next writer. They want to be the, 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 the next director, yada, 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 yada. And I have absolutely no problems with any of that. I said, absolutely, you, this is what you want to do, then we get to go for it. And I, I hired those that I feel have the energy, the drive, and, and the desire, and have had a certain amount of experience. And I hired them, and before I know it, they're running around, as I said, talking to the people at the top, wanting to know how they got there, and they're not doing their job. And I have many of them come back to me and say, well, or I get the bosses calling me and saying, where's so-and-so? Where's so-and-so? They're not in here doing their job. So I call them in and I sit them down and I say, you know, what is this? I'm getting reports. You're not doing your job. And they say, well, I, 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 I want to I be a producer. I want to find out how they do that. I said, well, I have no problem with that. I said, but the bottom line is, trust me when I tell you, if you can do the job you've been hired to do and do it well, nobody's going to have any problem giving you some more work. So we get to go into this process of our prosperity from that place of giving from our highest and best at whatever we're doing right now. So now, where was I? I had papers up here. Now I'm just like lost where I was. Okay, getting into telling my story. Um, so... I, also, when I was working in, in human resource consulting, and I would meet people who would stay at a job with an attitude of, oh, well, I've had this job for years and years, and, you know, I'm, I'm just working really hard so I can get to retirement. And so their attitude is, as I get up, I do my thing, I go home, and I'm working towards getting to retirement. And they're not necessarily enjoying what they're doing on their way. And I remember saying to my dad one day when my dad asked me, he says, well, what are you going to do when you retire? I said, I'm sorry, dad, but I don't understand what that means. He says, what do you mean you don't understand what that means? I said, I don't understand what that means. I said, I'm not looking to get the gold watch here. I'm not looking to reach an age where it says I get to quit now. I'm not looking, I'm looking to continue to give of who I am and what I have and what I'm here to do on this planet until I'm not standing up anymore. So I'm sorry, I don't get this thing of retirement. We put, when we put 
more imagination into our work, the job becomes so much more meaningful and interesting. And believe it or not, we find ourselves out there doing something that we love so much that we don't always remember that there's a paycheck attached. We're out there having fun, learning and growing and giving of who we are. I shared with many employees, again, bring in the best you have. All your bag of tricks, everything that you can offer in a job. Most of all, your enthusiasm. Nobody wants to see somebody crawling into a job every morning. Oh, I just, it was all I could do to get up and get in here this morning. It's Monday. I remember, t I, I remember an experience I had also when I was working for Disney, and they had a big project that they sent us human resource people out to do. Well, I had been in a situation working that I was becoming quite unhappy with, and I would go to my science of mind classes, and I would kvetch. And I would kvetch about, oh, I don't like this job. Oh, I'm just getting tired of these people. Oh, they don't really have any idea what's going on in that place. They leave it up to me to yada, 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 yada. And so finally, one of my, my instructors looked up and said, so what are you doing about it? Are you doing any prayer about this? Are you setting up in your consciousness what it is you want to create for yourself if this isn't working? So I sat there and I said, no. And she says, okay, well, let's get started. So I began to figure out the things that I wanted to experience in the job. And the things cons were consisted of, well, I wanted more money. I wanted more flexible time. Uh, I wanted uh, to meet some new people. And I wanted to learn some new things. Okay. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. So before I knew it, I got a phone call. And I was going into a new project. And I was, which filled every single one of those qualifications that I was looking for. And I was absolutely thrilled until I got over there. And I started discovering that the type of work they were asking me to do, the work itself, was not exactly what I wanted to do. And I had to sit there and say to myself, okay, I created this opportunity. What am I gonna, how am I going to make the best of this? Well, I did learn things. I got to bring some creativity to the job. I got to travel with the job. I got to meet new people with the job. I got to learn new things with the job. So the job served a purpose for me to be able to give of that highest and best that I could give and for me to learn that even in a situation that I thought I was creating the way I wanted to be, and it came in that way, and it didn't give me exactly what I wanted, I managed to create a positive outcome with it. So we also get to recognize that there are people who work in the same job for many, many, many years, and they do that because they absolutely love the job. They love doing the work. Each year they can get up and find something new and more creative to express in the job. They can get up and find new things to learn, get up and find new things to share. They can become excited about what they do. Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote, no matter what your work, let it be your own. 
No matter what your occupation, let what you are doing be organic. Let it be in your bones. In this way, you will open the door by which the affluence of heaven and earth shall stream to, into you. We all want to feel successful in what we do. Dr. Maria Nemeth, who is a, uh, an instructor and has a company who does career coaching and life coaching, I worked with her and studied under her for a while, and she had the simplest definition of success that I'd ever heard. She said, success is doing what you say you're going to do. Success is doing what you say you're going to do. When we set a goal, when we have something that we want to finish, when we have something that we want to set up and we complete it, we are successful because we did what we said we were going to do. Butterworth wrote, remember, consciousness is the key. Make a new commitment to think of your work not as a place to make a living, but as an opportunity to make a life. Where are you in your life that we can continue to grow? Because my dad's perception of retirement was just, okay, I'm out of here, so uh, let me just give it up and I'm just going to sit back. There were no plans to do other things. There were no plans to grow in other ways. There were no plans. So we can continue to move forward and grow and give of our highest and best for as long as we're standing. So I encourage each of you, look at where you are today. What is it that will bring you joy? What is it that you can participate in that you can give the highest and best of who you are? Prosperity is absolutely everywhere in our lives. We just have to be willing, and my definition of the word willing is saying yes, whether you want to or not, but be willing to see it. God is continually giving because that's its nature. It is up to us to live in a consciousness of good and plenty and be willing to say yes to our spiritual growth. Because with God, all things are possible. And so it is. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.